The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. All right, so I'm going to unmute you all so that you can go popcorn style and check. Go ahead, please. Who would like to get us going? Diana, you want to get us going? Yeah. I feel quite happy, quite happy. It was, it was just lovely to share this this morning. Yes. Content. Content. I heard content. What else? And Lish, I think, was saying something. I just said yes. 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 Tired. Tired. <laughs> was there another word there or was it background noise? You feeling calm? Calm. It's missing words here. I I hear kind of suggestion of words. So repeat them if I if I miss them if you miss them please. Hopeful. Hopeful. Ah, sounds good. Hopeful. Great. Let's take start take that theme. So I'm going to mute you all. Bow to you. Oh. Ah. So. So for our practice this afternoon, um, actually, I will start, I will uh, review briefly what we did this morning. So we started um, the practice of metta and compassion, uh, metta and karuna, for an easy person dear being, beloved being. And in order to start with that, we first started with settling in our bodies. And it's always a great start before you start metta or compassion practice to settle in your body, come to your body, feel embodied, feel your breath, feel your body. Um, And then we turned our attention to to the goodwill that we have, the care that we have for, for someone, some being that we care for, care about in our lives. And then brought to, opened our attention, uh, brought to our sphere of awareness, if there is suffering and pain, especially given what's happening right now, and then allowed the metta to naturally turn into practice of compassion for dear being. And then in the second section of this morning, we turned to ourselves, uh, having primed our heart with the dear being, 
we turned to ourselves and that's a very common practice we we do which is almost like a bait and switch you prime your heart with someone you care about and then then you bring yourself up so that if your your heart your warmth uh, fizzles as people were reporting this morning it's always possible to go back to the dear being if you wanted to and then well and then when the heart is going with the good wishes then bring an image of yourself and so we turn to that uh, ourselves um, and both both care for ourselves as well as compassion for ourselves in this time and now this afternoon having having practice in those what's called considered the concentric circles of this practice of metta compassion we start where it's easiest we open up um, where it might be a little more challenging our heart stretches a little more and then we stretch more and for the purpose of today we've chosen diana I ch we have chosen not to go through all the categories as you well know there are many categories um but we're going to extend it today and go to all beings because at this time that felt to us to be the most supportive category of wishing well for all beings in this world who are going through something challenging right now so what i will be presenting now and sharing both in uh some reflections brief reflections and then the um guided meditation would be opening our care um to all beings so um and again, I want to, to, to emphasize and bring in and remind us that the one reason we do this practice of metta is to support ourselves, is to, to cultivate um, a stability, a versatility, a, a resourcefulness, resilience of our own heart, a gladness of our own heart by offering by uh, sharing goodwill for others and it's interesting how that works when you wish well for others when you hold a sense of care um, radiating for others there's a sense of gladness stability happiness that arises in your own heart when you do that um, and of course it changes your perspective how you show up in the world how you show up in um in your humanity from this perspective of just me myself and i there's a sense of ah oh, how you actually fit in and belong deeply deeply belong and are a part of a fabric of this large beautiful messy humanity this ocean of humanity that you are a drop in so it seems perhaps you're an insignificant drop and yet it's only because of each and every drop that there isn't the ocean so you are nothing and you are everything that is all i'm paraphrasing um oh which rinpoche some rinpoche i'll find the quote and put it in the chat so um so with that, with that practice, the way I would guide it today is by 
um, 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 let's see, hold on. I have a question from my co-teacher and let me, oh yes. Yes, that's right, exactly. Yes, thank you for the reminder, Diana. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that, let's do that. Um, let's see, yeah, let's do that. So, so do you want to uh, do the breakout groups or do you want, want to set it up? I, are you asking me? Yeah, you, uh, Nikki, only have the power to create the breakout group. I could make you host if you wanted to. Either is fine. So that's why I was asking. I so this is a, yeah. You have a preference? No. Okay. So so why don't you um, set it up and I'll make the groups okay. given that. Okay. 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 It's just easier this way. I think so. so. And I might add a word to it given the, the setup that it Actually, tell you what, I'll, I'll do one word and then I'll turn my mind. How's that? Okay. And, and the word I wanted to say is, is, I think as we had the prompt for experiencing care and compassion, I think we did have it for all being. It's, yeah. So, okay, great. Now I'm going to turn to building the breakout rooms. You go, Diana. Okay. So what Nikki and I were thinking that we would do um, now is, um, you know, we're talking about loving kindness, we're talking about care, we're talking about compassion. And I find myself using this expression, warm heartedness, and I even sometimes do this gesture, I put my hands here. But how do you experience loving kindness? How do you experience care? How do you experience compassion? Or what are some words that are meaningful for you if it's not those words? Maybe there's something else, goodwill or friendliness or love, or maybe there's something else. So we think that we would um, put you into small groups and just uh, an opportunity to connect. Like, how do you uh, know or understand or experience loving kindness and compassion. And I'm using these particular words, but the, the, um, the invitation here is what are your words? And also, is there a bodily sensation? Is there a particular experience that you associate uh, with this? As I said, I've been using like warm heartedness and I'm sometimes talking about openness, but that doesn't mean that's exactly your experience. So this is just an opportunity to tap into that and to share with uh, maybe two other people. I think Nikki is setting it up so that um, we'll be in groups of three. Oh, four. Four, four yeah. being groups of four. Yeah, and let's do spiral. We're going to do spiral for this one, right? Okay, so what this means is that... Um, one person will say one thing, like uh, warm-heartedness, and then it goes to the next person, and they say, I'm just making this up, they say um, relaxation. And then the third person says you know, a third thing, and then the fourth person says a fourth thing. Very brief. It may be a single word. And then it comes back around to the Or it could be a little longer, maybe a phrase or a sentence too. I think that too. Okay. For some people, it might be longer expression, yeah. And then it'll come back around to uh, the first person so that we can all learn from one another and we can uh, build on each other's experiences and maybe even expand, 
expand and broaden our understanding or our appreciation of love and compassion. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Nikki? That sounds great. And I would also say that uh, this round robin is, as um, Diana was saying, it, it inspires inspires people. And you might find, you may not, but you might find that actually as you get more and more inspired, these sentences might go longer from one word to a phrase, to a sentence, or to a paragraph. And that's okay too, as long as everyone has had a chance to, to say something and, and really bring your heart to it as, as, the, as it continues. And Tobias has a question. Yes, Tobias. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and what, what happens at the second circle? So is it then we discuss or is it, I, I, I didn't 100% understand. So the first circle is like kind of keywords and then what happens in the second circle? The, the second circle is more of the same, but now you might have something else to say. So the first time around, don't say absolutely everything that you know about uh, love and compassion. And then you might surprise yourself. And the second time it comes around, you'll say something in addition. And maybe it's different than what you would have thought of the first time you spoke, just having heard others. Yeah. So, so the idea of the spiral format is... One, you might have 10 thoughts on this topic, but you'll share one and you'll know that the, the, you have another chance to talk. It will come to you. And then Barry is asking, what is the first word prompted by? I'm saying, let, let's maybe narrow it down. How do you experience care and or compassion? We'll, we'll kind of narrow it down to that care and or compassion, what are, how do you experience it? Or what are words that are meaningful for you that tap into that? Yeah, and um, with, since we are moving also from, you know, from the personal to the universal, that might be something that also you, you bring in into, into this reflection. You know, how do you experience care and compassion for, people you know, people you don't know, for all beings everywhere, for all of humanity at this time. Okay. Okay, buckle your seatbelts. Okay. Here <laughs> You're going to go into brain. Zoom. All right, there you go.
just so that we can capture what a great idea to remember to do that diana <laughs> thank you recording unpaused yes any anybody else would like to share olivia i thought it was really lovely to have both different words but to seems like our group was kind of harmonizing or synchronizing on some shared experience of loving kindness you know and karuna compassion combined uh, we're all appreciating that and uh, kind of sharing a similar experience across the group nice Thank you. Sometimes, I mean, it can be really heartwarming to uh, have this kind of uh, some similarities and it can be really heartwarming to see like the big diversity too, the different ways in which people experience it. Maybe one more. Anne. So um, one of the things, this might have been a little sidetrack, but this, we talked about the experience of loving, con of loving kindness in the context of established relationships and also with strangers. Um, and it can just be in a moment that, um, you know, being heard or making a connection can be pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I think, okay, go Stephanie, on. also heard Stephanie, I saw Stephanie's hand up for a moment. Stephanie, where are you? If you'd like to unmute yourself. Just one thought that was shared in our group that I found particularly um, eye-opening was um, one of our women shared that this expansive view, literal vision of getting wider you know not just a, a physical sense of widening out but a, a literal perspective of becoming broader and, and wider i just loved that thank you for letting me share thank you stephanie yeah thank you so nikki yeah thank you Diana, so those beautiful sharings and experiences, um, it's, it sounds like it, it was a powerful sharing uh, of both shared and, and different experiences um, in, in, in all different aspects of it. So I'd like to, to guide us into a, a um, meditation together and I think I will just dive in and whatever you need to know, I'll share it with you during the guided meditation. So here we go. So, I invite you to get into your meditation posture, whatever is comfortable and supportive for you right now. Letting it be a posture of integrity 
Ah, grounded, stable, feeling supported, sitting tall. And this, the sitting tall is not so much held up tight, but supported by your sit bones, held up high, held up high. Ah, in the posture of stability and integrity. Feeling your feet, stable, grounded, your sit bones, touching the cushion or the chair, your hands. with strength and capability, touching each other or your lap. Your body relaxed, soft yet present, fully present. So you sit, I receive the breath in breath and out breath. I'd like to invite you to bring to mind someone whom you don't really know very well from this group today, from perhaps your small group, people you just interacted with for a few minutes, don't have much history with them. Be, choose them as your neutral person or rather as a stand-in for all of humanity. Or someone whom you've seen or maybe you've just seen their name today on Zoom and they've had their video off. So it's just a name, it being someone, it being just like you. Maybe choosing them as your ultimate stand-in for all of humanity. Someone who just like you has hopes and dreams and has joys and sorrows. And just like you, this being wants to be happy. They don't want to suffer. And just like you, there are other beings whom this person cares about. And this being is also the the object of affection, of other beings, not so different from you. They're an object of care, of respect, of love. Just like you, they've experienced pain, physical pain, emotional pain, sorrow, rejection. Mm. 
And just like you, they have experienced joys, delights, they have hopes and dreams, just like you. In ways similar or different, they are too impacted, impacted by what's happening in this world of ours. They too are feeling challenged. And just like you, they are supporting themselves as best they can, supporting others as best as they're able to. Wherever in the world they might be right now, whatever their gender, sexual orientation, race, color, nationality, language. In this moment in time, you are connected, you share this bond of being alive in this time, in this unusual circumstance in the world. And just as you wish yourself well and the people that you care about, extending your goodwill to this being. May you be safe. You can choose the long form if that works for you to really bring up the feeling or the short form. May you be safe from the from inner and outer harm. May you be happy. Have joy. May you be healthy and strong. And may your life flow with ease. Silently reciting the phrases, extending your goodwill to this being this person. A human being, just like you, not so different. May you be safe. Happy. healthy, easeful, happy, safe, healthy, peaceful.
Some people find it supportive to synchronize their breath with the phrases or just simply with the words to really feel the reverberation throughout your body with each breath. Safe. Happy. Peaceful. And now I'd like to invite you to consider that all the beings on this Zoom practice period together with you, wherever in the world there might be, stand in for all of humanity in this time, in this zeitgeist, living, breathing, being alive in this time with you. and invite you to extend your care. Your goodwill, friendliness for all the beings, all the people in the Zoom with you. May we all, including yourself, of course, may we all be safe. May all of us be happy. May all of us be healthy. May all of us have peace and ease. Now extending further, extending further, including not just people on the Zoom, but the people whom they are connected to, all their dear beings, all the beings they're concerned about, and and beyond and beyond all the beings, all the 
people, animals. The planet Earth. And if you wish, you can continue with the phrases, if you like. May all beings be safe, happy, healthy, and have ease. Or if you wish, can experiment with dropping the phrases and simply radiating, the sense of radiating. It's not effortful. You don't have to push it out. It's just the light of goodwill in your heart. This bright light of goodwill that just shines, shines on its own. There's no pushing that you need to do. It just happens. You just need to tap into it, recognize it. Recognize that it's there. And again, if it's the radiating feels too nebulous, and go back to the phrases. You can go back and forth, radiating phrases, or both at the same time. Experiment. See what works for you. May all beings everywhere at this time. This unusual time on our planet. May they have well-being. And you're welcome also to consider categories. May all people, beings, who are supporting others right now. Be them medical professionals, delivery people, those who work at grocery stores, pharmacies, or working to hold up important infrastructure Wishing them all well. And if you like, you can experiment with putting your hand on your heart center, if you wish, the connecting with your goodwill. May all beings who are suffering and in need of support right now, may all of them be well. May all beings in all the continents, all the five continents, may they all be well. May all older adults, all seniors, may they all be well. 
May all babies, young ones, babies born and yet to be born, may they all be well. May all young people, young adults, children, teenagers, may they all be well this time. May all the adults be well in this time. You can make your own categories, all categories you wish be created. And notice that some categories might bring up sense of sadness, in which case your metta practice will become compassion practice as we discussed this morning. You will become compassion, acknowledging the suffering perhaps as you acknowledge people who are right now ill and suffering with COVID-19 in critical care. Maybe as you wish them well, a sense of heaviness and sadness for their suffering arises and holding the suffering they're in with compassion. May you be healthy. May you be as healthy as possible. May you have peace and ease in the midst of what you're dealing with right now. And I wish you well. I wish you peace and ease. I wish you health as much as possible in the midst of this. Again, choosing your own sentiment, your own words to connect with your goodwill. Acknowledging the challenge. radiating your goodwill or using the phrases. Letting your goodwill and care shine, shine widely in all beings everywhere. Your siblings, brothers and sisters, and animals, and planet Earth, you wish to include that.
And remember if at any point this practice becomes too overwhelming, you find yourself in empathic distress, you can come back to your body, to the stability of your embodiment, and also hold your own heart that's hurting in distress with compassion and care. It's okay, sweetie. It's okay. It's okay. as you are either radiating that uh, goodwill, compassion and or using phrases, know that the light, this warmth, this goodwill as it emanates, as it radiates, as it shines out of your heart, heart center, it touches you first than onto the world. You are definitely included in your own goodwill. You are not excluded. It's a part of the fabric of all living beings. All beings everywhere, all of us, be safe. May all beings everywhere be happy, as happy as possible. All beings everywhere, including me, may all of us be healthy, as healthy as possible in this time. May all beings everywhere, including myself, may, all, may we all have peace and ease of well-being.
Thank you, Nikki. Hmm. So I think now we'll move into some walking meditation. And Nikki and I have been talking about loving kindness and compassion. And we've been um, always introducing this with getting grounded in the body because the body really helps us to stay steady and gives us some um, stability. So just, um, it's an walking meditation is an opportunity to um, get connected with the body, with the felt experience of the body, whether you're doing formal meditation practice or not, whether you're just walking to the kitchen in a normal way, see if you can just tune in to the sensations of movement, to the experience, what does it mean to move? That can either be the pressure on the bottom of your foot, it could be the feeling of this, your clothing um, going across your skin. Or maybe it's just the visual uh, experience of moving through space. Because um, not only can this help us to stay here in the present moment instead of spinning out into stories that often are not helpful, but it's a beautiful way to bridge this practice from when we are sitting still, our still meditation, to movement meditation, so that then we can bring this um, movement, uh, the um, awareness, the attention to all aspects of our lives. So it's not just reserved for these special times when we're sitting on the cushion. So I invite you to do some walking meditation and just as if you use like maybe perhaps the loving kindness phrases, time it with your breath, you might explore, is there a rhythm of the phrases that goes with walking? And if you're doing something other than a more formal uh, walking meditation and it feels too complicated to be doing loving kindness while you're doing something else, can you just bring us some attention, some awareness to whatever it is you might be doing, just like to inhabit the body? Of course, this isn't difficult to do. It's just it's a little bit difficult to remember to do it. And this is the perfect way to kind of strengthen our memories to inhabit the body is to do these kinds of practices. So it's 2.47. So Nikki, what do you think? Should we- Let's, um, let's do 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, 20 minutes sounds good. Yeah. So why don't we come back at 3.10, that's 23 minutes. That's good by the time we, yeah. And one thing I wanted to add, Diana, I loved the, you know, bringing the grounding and connecting with the, with the practice. And as you were talking about going to the kitchen, the image that I had for me, and I wanted to share it with everyone as an invitation is if you're doing the formal practice, you know, there could be the phrases or the radiating. And if it's the informal, as I'll be going to the kitchen to make myself some hot tea and boiling water, still staying with the simple radiating of goodwill for all beings. 
May all beings be well and be safe and have be able to enjoy perhaps hot tea in this moment. I don't know whatever your 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 um, creative way of just having the sense of this continuity, continuity of practice from the sitting practice to the movement or the formal walking. This continuity is what I want to emphasize, really. Great. Okay. We'll see you all at 3.10. Thank you.
Now we're going to move into a bit of equanimity practice. I'll just say a few words about equanimity. You can think of this as a kind of a balanced and open heart and mind. And it, it has a, an evenness and a composure in the midst of things. And equanimity is born out of a love. So it comes out of this warm heartedness. It's like a love of the truth, a love of what's actually happening in the sense of not because what's happening is perfect and exactly what we want, but a love that is aligned with the reality of the moment. So it's seen clearly, which often includes seeing the big picture. So not just this small experience that we're having or somebody else is having that um, might be wonderful or and it might be awful, but to help us to see the bigger picture and to put things in perspective. It also, is born out of this wisdom about what we can change and what we cannot change. So this the kind of seeing clearly that's what is things, what do we control, what do we not control? And in this way, equanimity can provide a really broad foundation for our well-being, for whatever our spiritual practice might be. And it can also help us as an antidote, as a support for if we find ourselves getting out of balance with some of the other um, heart practices, with the loving kindness or the compassion practices. So equanimity can help that the love, warm-heartedness that we're cultivating can help so that it doesn't get too sticky or conditional. I'll only uh, have this warm-heartedness as long as you behave a particular way. Equanimity helps us to have this warm-heartedness unconditionally. Equanimity also can support so that compassion doesn't slide into distress, empathic distress or pity or overwhelm. And equanimity is also that practice which helps us to, um, or is it that it's a practice as well as it's the quality that helps the, uh, the love and the compassion to grow and become limitless, immeasurable. So equanimity is, even though it, even the sound of the word it may not be, um, I don't know, maybe it's not, it doesn't feel as heartfelt. It's an integral part of both um, all, all the practices that we might be doing. And I would just want to say that it is not 
indifference. Equanimity is not indifference. It's born out of a love. It's born out of a, um, a warmth and a, a presence, being with what's actually happening and seeing clearly with what's happening. So it's with definitely an engagement. It's not uh, aloofness. It's not coldness. It's not turning away. A love is the opposite of turning away. A love is turning towards and maybe even holding with some tenderness. So equanimity is not dull or heartless. It's not due to uh, like an emotional emptiness, but instead it's like a fullness. And equanimity naturally grows with our meditation practice, just like love and compassion naturally grow. And we can cultivate it. So in this practice will, it might have a little different uh, tone than love and compassion. But I'm repeating myself, it's born out of the same warm heartedness. It arises out of this sense of care and connection. So if we can take a meditation posture, one that feels supportive. And for equanimity, it can be helpful to have a sense of balance. Like what, what, what does it mean to feel balanced? Maybe there's a sense of feeling connected to the earth, to the ground. Maybe there's a sense of uprightness or steadiness. We can begin with this, as we've been getting beginning all of these meditations with a connection to the body. What is the experience of being embodied right now? As you inhabit the body, of course, you might notice that it's breathing. If you'd like, you can place your attention there on the sensations of breathing. And having some 
ease with the coming and going of the breath, with the movement of the breath. As I said earlier, the body is a little more tangible. Often it's a little more accessible or physical, I should say, maybe. And this can really support whatever practice we're doing, including equanimity to kind of arrive in the body. Nothing in particular needs to be happening. We're just hanging out right now with the sensations in the body. And if you'd like, specifically with the breath. Let's bring to mind a lovable being, someone for whom it's easy to feel warm-hearted, love, care, goodwill. It could be somebody that you worked with earlier today, somebody different with an emphasis on keeping it simple. We're just connecting to that warm-hearted feeling. This might be by bringing an image the lovable being to mind. Noticing if there's any shift in the body. Maybe there's some warmth, openness, maybe not too. You can we allow whatever our experience is to be what it is. Bring some equanimity to our practice of loving kindness. And then I'll start us off with a little bit of the phrases for lovable being. May you be safe. May you be happy.
May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. You can stay here. Or maybe from today's practice, there's some momentum and your heart feels warm and it's maybe it's easier to radiate, to allow the loving kindness and the care to be there or to flow out. Or maybe it feels more supportive to use the phrases. Whichever feels right for you right now. To cultivate and develop loving kindness, metta. And then to build on this warm-heartedness, this 
loving kindness. Do a little bit of equanimity practice. You can bring to mind somebody in your life whom you care about. And they're just slightly, I don't know what the word is, maybe irritating or annoying. Maybe sometimes they do that thing that they do. That's a little bit difficult. I'm not going to start with the most difficult person. Start with somebody you care about. And yet sometimes they're a little bit irksome. Can bring them to mind and check in with the body. See if there's been any shift. It's perfectly fine if there has been. But if there is any sense of ease or softness, well being, allowing that to be supportive allowing it to get as big as it would like. And then for equanimity, there's a number of phrases. I'll offer this one first. I wish you happiness and I cannot make your choices for you. I wish you happiness and I cannot make your choices for you. I wish you happiness and I cannot make your choices for you. I wish you happiness and I cannot make your choices for you. I'd sense into how this feels for you. I say this word feels, it can be either a physical sensations, maybe there's a little bit of, or a little bit less leaning forward or leaning back, metaphorically and literally. 
And maybe there's a sense of, like this is what's under my control and this is not what's under my control, a sense of boundaries that are with love and care that are available for us. I wish you a happiness and I cannot make your choices for you. Equanimity can also be a more of a, an attitude, a stance, a perspective. It's for everything, whether in addition to being relational, in addition to being about how we are with our fellow human beings fellow creatures. So to expand equanimity from a relational practice to an attitude, a frame of reference that can support us in everything, everything that we do. We can use a different phrase. No matter how I might wish things to be otherwise, things are as they are. No matter how I might wish things to be otherwise, things are as they are. No matter how I might wish things to be otherwise, Things are as they are.
born out of this love of seeing clearly, born out of this love of the wisdom of the present moment, what's actually happening. No matter how I might wish things to be otherwise, things are as they are. Then in the last few minutes of this meditation, maybe check in and see what feels would be right for you right now. Maybe it's doing loving kindness for a lovable being. Maybe it's radiating loving kindness for all beings. Maybe it's practicing compassion for yourself. Maybe doing some equanimity practice. Or maybe simply being with the breath or the body. What would it look like to treat yourself with care, respect, and kindness in this moment?
Thank you, Diana. So we'd like to uh, open the floor now to, um, to reflections about practice, maybe about the equanimity practice or, um, or metta compassion for all beings radiating, which we did since we didn't um, talk about that at that point. What's, what's worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? Um, would love to hear questions, reflections, complaints, so that we can work together and, and, and practice together and really be real together. So yeah. how is it going? Tell us. And you can raise your hand as you have all day, please. Especially if you haven't spoken yet today, you're particularly invited to, to share and speak. Christine has her hand up. Oh yes, great, Christine, please. Hi. Yeah, um, I just wanted to say how much I love those phrases from the last practice. Um, I've done a lot of loving kindness meditation before, but I've never heard the um, the phrases, um, like I wrote them down, um, no matter how much I wish things to be different, otherwise things are what they are, and they, um, I wish you happiness, and I cannot make your choices for you. I felt like there was such a powerful way to um, really embrace the fact that like this is a difficult person or a difficult time, or um, but also honor like that there's... Um, yeah, like some love within that. Great. Thank you, Christine. I'm happy to hear that you've connected with them. Yeah, thank you for that. And and there are also a long list of various phrases that that have been um, that that are used, and this is just two of them. And I love that Diana uh, shared sub this sub selection um, of of the long list of phrases. One thing that I would like to add is. One thing that I've noticed for me, a, a slight addition to the phrase of things are as they are, to add right now. Because sometimes just to say, think, well, you know, no matter how, how much I wish for them to be different, things are as they are. Sometimes in my mind, it, it, with some situations, it, it, has, it could feel oppressive, like, well, well, it's just like this. But if you say right now, it like opens up the possibility of the changing nature of it's what it is right now. Yep, it's what it is right now. I can sync up with reality. Yep, give it a nod, and it might change tomorrow. Who knows? So, just one thing that for me I've, I've brought that in. So wanted to add that. Um, Steve, please. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to thank you for that uh, that equanimity. Um, guided meditation, it, 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 uh, I also found it really useful. And um, particularly uh, as someone who's trying to work during this, this difficult period and, you know, carry on with, you know, fairly intense, you know, uh, things, uh, trying to get stuff done. Um, 
uh, I'm, I'm looking after a construction project that's still going on. And uh, so it's, it's a big concern, you know, trying to get it done and, and, uh, and keep everybody safe. Um, so that uh, some of those phrases uh, were very, very useful. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Sylvie, please. Do I have to unmute myself? No, I'm unmuted. Um, yeah, this this day was really beautiful. I liked the progression um, and the the equanimity um, practice was also very useful for me. Um, somehow I had heard those phrases before, <clears throat> but they never really resonated with me and somehow today they did and i don't know if it's because the build-up of the day um but what i found actually interesting was that it didn't make me feel better it actually made me feel very sad and But that, that sadness, I was able to actually hold that sadness with equanimity by saying the phrases. So that, that was very surprising to me because I, I kind of had expected that I do the phrases to make that I would feel better something. But I was feeling worse and I, I, I did some self-compassion. And... Um, and then the feeling that I could um, you know, I still wish things were different, but but I was really being able to hold my sadness and be present for it instead of focusing on the things to be different. And so that was um, that was very useful. And then when you added the right now after that, Nikki, I was like, wow, that would be even more powerful. <laughs> mm. Thank you for sharing that, Sylvie. That's beautiful. Yeah, so much about this practice is to help increase, as you know, Sylvie, is to help increase our capacity to be with everything that life brings us. And it's sometimes we don't feel happy. Sometimes it's, things are difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to add to that, Sylvie, what you shared is actually really the power of this practice. It's not to make it all better. Sometimes it, it can be made better. It's, this is reality and it's challenging. And to have the strength of heart and um, stability to, to be with what is challenging with peace and ease and grace and embrace it. I mean, that is freedom. You know, this freedom that we keep talking about, it's not being on the top of the mountain and nothing can touch you. No, it's in the middle of messiness of this and everything touches you. And yet, you know, your heart breaks and you hold that and you're sad. Someone died. It just, you know, it's in the midst, midst of messiness to be with it um, all and with, with grace and, and equanimity. 
peace. Maybe I want to use the word peace because, yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Really, that's what this practice is about. Catherine, please. Thank you so much for all practice today. The thing I've been struggling with is um, I find the thing loving kind of all beings and equanimity but I'm struggling to connect the in some ways by um, wishing for having us all things I'm wishing I'm wishing that things aren't as they are and that in a very valuable way encouraging me to that my Catherine, I got part of that because the, the audio is really unstable. Diana, did you get more of that? No. Uh, um, yeah, I, I wish I could. I wish I did. I was trying, but maybe so it, turn off your video. Yeah, so I'm going to turn off your video, Catherine, to see if the... It, it, and if you uh, speak again, maybe we can hear you a little better. Could you uh, repeat the gist of it? Okay, is this working better now? Yeah, yeah, a little better. Okay, great, thank you. So I was just saying that I found both the loving kindness practice and the equanimity practice valuable, but I was struggling to connect them because it felt like the loving kindness practice was almost wishing for things to be other than they are, and the equanimity practice was that acceptance, and so I was trying to figure out how to make the two practices work together in my mind and struggling with that. Ah, that's a great question. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that since I'm excited about it, Carly. Um, so, so I'm so glad you asked that. And that is, uh, okay, now I'm going to turn on your video again, now that we've heard the question. Uh, oops. Let's see. How's that? Oh, well. Um, so, so, Yes, you might seem that dichotomy, and yet there is no dichotomy. So let me explain why. Because as we talked about it earlier, um, the practice of, of loving kindness and metta and compassion um, and vicarious joy, which we didn't really talk about today so much, but it's, 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 it's like you're dropping blessings. You're not really wishing for things to be different. It's not like, let it be different. As, as you remember, talked about not attachment to outcome, right? So you're, you're just dropping these wishes of goodwill and well-being in, in the world to, to strengthen your heart without attachment to outcome. So without attachment to outcome comes full circle to without attachment to outcome, without attachment to how things are right now. Things might be challenging. I may want them to be different, but right now, this is the way they are. So the two practices are really actually strongly, strongly interconnected. And another way to actually see that also is if the equanimity is the basis of, of uh, metta and compassion and mudita vicarious joy, the other three Bharma Viharas. Because if it wasn't, if you didn't have the stability of equanimity, then you would veer into attachment then it would veer into their near enemies. Uh, loving kindness would become love with attachment 
I want good things for you as long as you love me, as long as you care for me. If you don't really like me, oh, I don't wish you well, right? It becomes kind of painful, right? Whereas this is generosity of the heart without, uh, so, so equanimity allows it to stay that way, the same way with compassion. If there was no equanimity to, to really stabilize it um, and to give it spaciousness, then you would fall into empathetic, empathetic distress all the time because you really want the suffering to end but yet it's not ending, right? So it, it helps balance it. So do you see how they relate to each other? Yeah, a little more clearly? Yeah? Thank you, yes, that makes sense. Okay, great. Thank you, Catherine, that was a good question. Okay, Prajit is next. Prajit, please, I'm gonna mute you. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Um, one thing I found really um, beautiful about the, uh, the metaphor for all is one thing that came up was, you know, I'll tell someone, oh, I have knee pain, for example. And um, oftentimes it's, it's just kind of communicating something about yourself in particular. But one thing that kind of came up during this practice is like, it's almost like a rephrasing of that. It's, you know, I would almost tell someone like, I, like many other people, have knee pain. Um, and kind of that, that rephrasing of including a lot of people in the type of experience that you're having um, is, was really nice for me because, you know, often um, I can be very um, challenging and tough on myself. Um, but I find it easier to have compassion for other people. So when it's like, um, you know, maybe I'm sitting uh, during meditation and let's say a thought, you know, a lot of thoughts come up. And I can kind of say that phrase like, oh, I, like, you know, many other people right now are having a lot of thoughts come up. It makes it easier for me to feel compassion for myself because, like, I wouldn't feel anger or, you know, any sort of frustration with another person for experiencing that. And so I can kind of, like, take this outward compassion and sort of reorient it to myself. And I found that very nourishing. Beautiful, thank you for that, Prajit. Yeah. Okay, let's take one, at most two more, because we, we're, we, need, we have a closing ritual we want to do, so maybe just one more. Um, so, uh, Jin Zhu, could I unmute you? Jinju, can't hear you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yes. now I guess you can. Huh? So, so today when I heard that uh, uh, Diana said, no matter how I wish things to be different, things are what they are, um, it resonated with me very much because this is the one that I told my sister a couple of days ago. And she was disappointed in that her son didn't get to the PhD program that she wanted, she wanted him to. So I was telling her, I said, well, you just want things to be different. She, he's doing okay. You know, you should accept the things as they are. But he kind of got annoyed with me. And she said, well, I want her to want him to be, you, you know, more motivated to study harder. And she said, I know he has the capacity to do that. 
you cannot just accept the things as they are. You should strive to be better. So I feel, you know, I have no response, no right response to her. So maybe you could give me some wisdom. You know, just balance, accept things as they are, and striving for 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 getting better. Yeah, so maybe I'll say a few words here. Um, the emphasis is on bringing the best version of ourselves so that we can make the best decisions and do the best actions for like what's called for next. So if we're um, stuck in this idea of how things need to be different and find ourselves um, it's easy to do this, right? So many of us, have, probably all of us have done this at maybe perhaps many times, like, oh, if only it were like this, if only it were like this, if only it were like this, and we just find ourselves kind of stuck, then there's a kind of a contraction and there isn't this openness or flexibility that um, I talked about earlier. But if we can actually see, okay, it's like this right now. And that allows a certain softening and opening and letting go of this uh, round and around thinking. Then there the, might be some creative ideas. There might be um, some supportive ideas. That It's a, an opportunity for the best version of ourself that's aligned with what's actually happening. So that the best version of ourself meets what's actually there. And then going forward can be a, um, an outcome that is well informed by both what's, uh, what's actually happening and that has a flexibility of view and a big picture. So it's not the same as an apathy or a, um, or saying, okay, that just throwing up our hands, saying it is what it is, we're not going to do anything. Instead, we're creating the conditions in which something, maybe the best thing that's possible can happen next. Nikki, do you have something you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I want to add something very briefly. One is I appreciate Barry just in the chat window uh, put the uh, serenity prayer, which is really apt in this case. And mm -hmm. my pith addition is, by stopping uh, fighting reality, we free up a lot of energy for aspiring to actually do something. So, but if, you're, if you continue to, to fight reality the way it is, you don't have any energy or wisdom left to actually aspire. So that's my pith summary uh, of, of what Diana was saying, basically. <laughs> so... So we have two minutes for our formal closure and, and maybe Diana and I, after the formal closing on time, we'll stay if people have extra questions for a few minutes. Uh, we, we, we would have stayed in the hall extra few minutes physically, so we'll do the same on Zoom. But um, to close formally, I'd like to invite you to actually check in for a moment and ask yourself, um, what are you taking? What one thing, maybe there are multiple things, but what is one thing you are taking from today's session uh, with you uh, for practice. And in a moment, I'm going to unmute everyone. Uh, so if you have a barking dog in the background, you may want to mute yourself again, but I'm going to unmute everyone. And please just popcorn style, say one word or a couple of words. 
what are you taking? Um, here we go. What are you taking with you? Please start. Please start. Ease. Practice. Practice. More practice. Five seconds of meta is better than none. I can wish for ease for everyone, including myself. Capaciousness. Equanimity practice. Deepening and widening of caring. Release of tension. I feel I had a beautiful day. Thank you. Compassion for myself and others in similar conditions. Thanks for all of you. The less attachment to and the better my practice. I just wanted to share a poem that I read today. Thank you. Yeah, I see that. Thanks for sharing that. Beautiful. So I'm going to mute everyone. Thank you for contributing to this popcorn ritual of ending. Here. Yeah, so yeah, thank you all for showing up and for practicing metta, compassion, equanimity for yourself and all beings everywhere in this challenging time. And I thank my dear co-teacher, Diana. It's been sweet and fun sharing the space with you. I love you, Nikki. Oh, and I love you, Diana. <laughs> we love each other, can you tell? Oh. So may all beings benefit from whatever goodness that we achieve today, that we brought to this practice, that we cultivate and developed. May all beings everywhere be free from suffering. Thank you. So Nikki and I will uh, stay here if some other have, if people like have some questions or comments. Otherwise, we wish you a wonderful rest of the day. Bye. So I see Christine's hand up and Prajit. Okay, so. Unmute, Christine. Hi. Um, thank you again. This was so lovely. Um, I had a question on um, something you brought up. I'm forgetting the phrasing, so forgive me. But um, but it was something like the antithesis of the compassion, or one of the antitheses of um, the compassion meditation is that feeling of like um, 
of conditional love. Um, and I would, I'd love to hear you say more about like how to fight that because I did feel like that conditional love coming up when I was thinking of that difficult person. Um, you know, I was like, I want you to be happy. Mm, like I had this like immediate, like, you know, sort of reaction of like, do I really want you to be happy because you're so difficult. Um, and, and I'd love to work with that further. Yeah. And you're addressing it to me or Diana? I think um, either of you. Okay. I'll, I'll say a couple of things about it. Um, so it's a great question, Christine. And this, this can show up a sense of attachment. Attachment in quotes can show up in two, two ways. One is the people that we actually really care about and love and we really want them to be happy really, really, and it just becomes like, oh, tight. The, the meta isn't flowing easily. It's just flowing with, oh, make it happen, make it happen. And it can also show up as you're talking about with people whom eh, we have some challenges with. And it actually, the attachment shows up in terms of pushing away the aversion. Okay. So, so the one way to work with that, practically speaking, is to um see the the humanity of the person that you're having challenges with um that they're just like any other human being you know today as we went through the the um uh, the neutral person or stand in for all of humanity that they're just like you they're just trying to be happy and this is how they know how to be happy which to you seems annoying and, and upsetting, but to them, they're perfectly fine. And they might be difficult. They might be your difficult person and you might be their difficult person. Other people might think they're perfectly fine human, you know, per perfectly fine person, right? So, so acknowledging, so, so shifting the perspective of, of seeing their humanity, that they're just trying to be happy. They're doing their best and not condoning the action because the action could actually be harmful and hurtful, but wishing them well and ease for the human being that they are, um, just wishing them well, uh, not condoning the actions. So in that way, you kind of separate out. In, in some way, you try to support separating out, the, seeing their humanity um, and the causes and conditions of their actions and how they're actually performing in the world. So that might actually help in the practical way with bringing a little more equanimity into it. There's a lot more I can say, but I'm just going to pause right now. Diana, would you like to add anything? Um, one thing that I found in my own practice is that it was, if I find that it's really difficult for a particular person to go back where it's easy, and to uh, kind of like build up this feeling of uh, loving kindness, because sometimes we are um, trying to develop a loving kindness for a difficult person. And then when it gets difficult, it's easy to kind of like slip into like this inner critical, why can't I do this? I should be able to do this or something like that. So instead to kind of turn back around and go back to where it's easy. And it might be that we need to stay there for some time with a loving kindness where that it's a little bit uh, easier <laughs> to uh, feel full up with loving kindness and then go towards like a difficult person and kind of let it flow out of us uh, naturally first and then shift over. So I offer that as something to consider. Okay, thank you both. Thank you. Prajit, your hands up, please. 
can unmute you. Oops. There. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for this retreat. Um, one question I had uh, with respect to something Diana just talked about, which is like going back to um, what you kind of considered easy. Um, sometimes I get this, <laughs> this feeling of almost like, um, sometimes it's almost like I, I feel like, uh, you know, there's this object of compassion, let's say like a cat or something like that. And I feel like kind of always going back to it sometimes feels like there's a, there's almost this like a barrier that grows every single time I go back to it of like, oh, this thing again, like, oh, this thing again. And uh, I don't know if you guys have any like thoughts or words about, um, I, don't know, I, I don't know how to describe it, like boredom or like whatever uh, feeling that is. Hmm. Nikki, do you have something? I, I'm not sure that I understand, uh, Prajit. So when you go back to the, the lovable being, the, then it's no longer as lovable. Now it's a little bit more complicated and there's some aversion or, or boredom mixed in with it. Is that what you're... Yeah, I guess like um, part of it is like um, the, the act, so it's not necessarily like you, my relationship with this object changes. It's more of um, there's almost this like uh, resistance to kind of going back and like repeating that process, you know, like, oh, like I just did this or like, oh, like, yeah, there's kind of like that resistance there. I see. And so what would it be like if you didn't go back? Uh maybe i guess like part of, when i do go back it's often because like you know my mind has kind of gone back to like a cloudy state um and it's not as sort of free-flowing um type of meta yeah yeah so hmm. what well, what does it mean to go back i guess that what i'm pointing to is sometimes we might have this feeling this the quiet little voice and you didn't say this so i don't know if this is uh what it's happening for you but it uh, it might be sometimes we have this sense of like i should be over this by now there might be this quiet little voice saying i you know i've done this i want to move on and we don't really recognize that little quiet voice so one thing is we could just invite that voice in like, oh, okay, come on in, here we go. Um, some, I don't, I have this, I don't know, hesitation, aversion, uh, not wanting to go back. But instead, what if, what some other language can it be rather than going back? Can there be a language that's like, okay, uh, how can I put more fuel in the tank? How can I put more love fuel in? How can I, uh, support myself right now in loving kindness or maybe something like that. Nikki, do you have uh, something to add? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Diana. Um, I had, a, I had a similar hit um, uh, when you were talking, Prajit, as, as, as what Diana explained, which is the examining this unseen and unstated perspective, but it's goes kind of in between the lines of what you said, which is, oh, this should be done by now. I should have, pure compassion and love for this being that's beaming everywhere. And here it is again, like, oh, again, I'm going back to the death. Oh, question if there is that kind of a perspective uh, instead of the perspective. Wow. This is a, um, like, I'm done. I'm done with you little puppy. Like, okay, now I'm going to move on to bigger, you know, bigger and more challenging objects. But instead of, you know, this is about, 
cultivating the heart and and it's a practice it's a practice and going back to the same object of metta compassion a million times and you know never moving away from them ever you see how the perspective how, how does that land as you as I hear the two of us talking about it that way Prajit? yeah um there yeah i think um I think that's definitely a part of it where you kind of feel like, well, like, um, yeah, I think going back, right, is like a particular phase that almost um, can sometimes imply like regression, right? Um, and so maybe, yeah, for me, again, um, might just be rephrasing or just like um, inviting myself to um, kind of examine that, that compassion or that feeling that comes up and it's like, you know, it doesn't have to be this thing that's limited to the very first time I start the meditation, right? And the kind of maybe examining that um, might be useful. For yeah, great. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Prashi. Thank you. So it seems like this is all. I don't see any raised hands anymore. So going once, going twice. Felipe, okay, I'm going to unmute you. All right. Oh, couldn't. Yeah, yes, just to add a thank you for, for this. Uh, you have made my Zoom experience after four weeks of Zoom meeting with my bosses much better right now. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, I had some one comment uh, regarding a combination of compassion and equanimity. I felt that about four weeks ago before leaving San Francisco, uh, having a conversation with someone that was difficult, I was, way, I was able to step away from the problem, seeing how difficult it was for that person to convey them his message, seeing how much he was suffering, and then it was easier then to, to meet in the middle, to, to see how to have some compassion towards his suffering, trying to uh, uh, fight his his uh, point, uh, and and then to see well, what can I do with this? So if it's so difficult for him, then I can see where his the problem is. Sometimes the problem is not what you're discussing; it's more like the intention behind it. Yeah, well said. It's very nice, Felipe. Yeah, well said. Thank you for adding that, Felipe. And Ek, we'll let Ek be the last question slash comment. Ek, I'm, I'm muting you. I'm there. So, as you have uh, talked a little bit about when we try to put energy into what's happening actually in reality and trying to change it or somehow uh, not accept it. It takes a lot of energy and effort. Something like this you have shared, if you can elaborate that a little bit, because I feel like right now I'm going through that phase. So, yeah. Yeah. say something about that since I brought 
the, the framing of fighting reality in that way. So, so say something. I'd love for you, Diana, to add to it too. Um, so it's, you know, it's in our minds we know that it is futile to to fight the way things are right now because they are the way they are for a variety of reasons and causes and conditions, whatever it might be, whether it's COVID-19 globally for how things have happened, globalization, early warning systems not being, not working, you know, just so many causes and conditions or whether it's personally in our life, there's so many causes and conditions. So it has come to this. This is what's happening right now in this moment. Um, and, I wish it were different. I wish it were different. Why is it this way? Why is it this way? It, that's the sense of um, it's, there's, there's a futility in fighting it. So the, the supportive way to, to work with it is to actually acknowledge, well, this is the way things are right now for lots of causes and because of lots of reasons. So can I accept the truth of this moment, allow the truth of this moment? doesn't mean accepting that this is the way it's going to be, will never change, I can't do anything about it. It doesn't mean any of those. It just means that this is what's happening right now. I don't like it, but this is what's happening right now. And, and then, okay, ah, this is what's happening. Um, I don't like it. Can I, can I allow that these two truths are happening, are, are, are in this moment? Yes, okay, now, all right freeing up the the beating your head against the wall now that you've freed up energy and you're not doing that anymore now then it frees you up to think okay are there things that i can do to constructively work with the conditions as they are right now to perhaps change move improve and be inspired uh, so it doesn't mean inaction or giving up so allowing is very different from giving up or giving in. That's the distinction I want to make. And I pause there and hand it to Diana. You know, I love this. But uh, thank you, Nikki. Mm-hmm. And maybe the one thing that I'll add is that um, I think we discover if we're trying to not be with what is or push it away in whatever way, what, what happens is in order to not be aware of this, well, I can't look at or think about this because that might lead to that. But then I can't look at this because that might lead to this, that might lead to that. And then our perspective and our kind of our world starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And then there's a feeling of tightness and constriction. And there's not a feeling of um, possibility. Instead, we feel that we bind ourselves up. So in whatever way that can be helpful to um, have a sense of more spaciousness, independent of whatever this thing might be that we're trying not to see, in whatever way we can have some more openness and more some spaciousness, that alone can increase our capacity to be with this difficult thing. That there's... um, one is to look at it directly, and two is to increase our capacity to um, to hold a number of different things, and then our um, uh, maybe our ability or our 
wisdom that's available at that time when we do look or when it arises again is a little bit different and then we can have a little bit different experience. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, <clears throat> what Nikki said that uh, can, can be allowed is what's happening right now. And I found it whenever I ask myself, <clears throat> can I accept this? Can I allow this? And the reply I hear is no, no, I can't, not at all. So that's where I think I'm, I'm having a friction and uh, I don't know how. <laughs> okay, yeah. great, great, great. Uh, fantastic. So the level of clarity that you just shared this is fantastic. So, so when that comes up, okay, can I allow what's happening to be this way? No, heck no. Okay, then, then ask this question. Okay, can I accept that I cannot accept what's happening right now? Can I, can I accept that I'm really hating what's happening right now and I can't accept it? See if you can say yes to that, to accept your aversion, to, to accept your aversion of reality. If you can accept that, you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, and see, so keep asking. So, and if the answer is no, I want to be a good Buddhist. I want to accept reality right now. And I cannot accept that I'm not accepting reality. Like, okay, go a little further. You know, lexically, it's going to be hard for me to say, but can I, can I allow that I'm not allowing, that I'm not allowing reality? Like, you know, keep going levels until there is like, Yes, you can be, you, 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 you can accept that, yes, I'm in a fit and I don't like it and I hate it. And yeah, I'm going to accept that this is what the situation is right now. When you can say yes and accept something, then that's the place that, ah, it starts to soften. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, thank you. I would love that to try Thank you, Egg. Yeah, thank you. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thank you all. Thank you yeah. all. This was a, what, a, what a blessing to share this day with you all. Yeah, really sweet and beautiful. Thanks for your sincerity for showing up and for practice. And, and thanks again, Diana. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye, Lori's cat. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, Joseph Bye. and Albuquerque. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. And Peggy, Prajit. Everybody, this is great. Elaine, Bye. Stephanie. Bye. And somebody's iPhone. It's somebody's iPhone, yes. Okay, I'm going to. Can anyone tell me how I pull up the chat later? Or is it. Oh, you can save it. On the side. Where does it save to? Uh, account? No, to your desktop. Somewhere oh. in, yeah. Can you see the three little dots, Peggy? Does it say save chat? I see the save chat and I press that, but it, it didn't tell me where it was going, like, like where I go to get it later on. I think it's on your computer in a folder that's called Zoom. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll try that. We, we don't just provide meta instructions, but also Zoom support. 
I might need that even more. <laughs> Joking, we don't provide that, but Diane is good at it. All right. Okay, take, take care. care. Bye. I'm going to end the meeting now. Bye.